Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. All right. So, Mabaro, welcome. It's so nice to finally meet you. I'm so happy. You know, at age 76 and you still look so young. To me, you look so young now. Seriously speaking. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's so good. Even with the white hair. <laughs> I tell you, you still look so young. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, give us a bio about your information. Tell us, introduce yourself, Papara. We'd like to know. All right. About you. Yeah. <laughs> I am 76 years old. I have been married for 58 years. I have two daughters. Okay. We have eight grandchildren and we have four great grandchildren. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. I became, Mm -hmm. yeah, I became a Christian when I was 16 years old. Wow. Uh, the Lord called me to him. And for the first time in my life, when I came to him, yeah. I knew what love felt like. Mm. I had never felt that before. Oh, wow. But uh, my husband and I got married at 18. When I was 18, okay. he was 20. Okay. We thought we knew everything and we didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But then I went on and I started teaching the word when I was 25. I still, I am still teaching the word of God. And I tell people that are older all the time, don't ever be afraid of what God has for you, even Mm. at your age, Mm. because there's so many older people that think they don't have to do anything. They don't need to learn anymore or they can't do anything. And I understand physically because I have physical issues too. But I I have learned at 70, yeah. the Holy Spirit inspired me to go out and to tell his story in my life hmm. to, people. to people. So I was hmm. doing speaking engagements. I do Christian speaking. Okay. And then COVID hit. And of course that changed everybody's life Ooh. well I after COVID I just didn't know if that was really still what God wanted for me and so I said I told him I said if this is what you still want me to do then I ask that you give me one engagement a Ooh. month just one is all I asked for Ooh. the the month went by and it three days before the month was over yeah. I received a call and was asked to go to a drug rehab, which is down the road from us, called Teen Challenge, to the women's portion and teach. And I've been (laughs) teaching there every month since. So God is amazing. And then at 75, yeah, yeah, at 75, he told me to start a podcast. Well, I didn't know what to do, how to do that. I looked it up online and I went, I don't have the equipment to do this. Exactly. And I don't 
have the money to buy the equipment. Yeah, yeah. Then one day, Anchor Podcast popped up on my Facebook. Really? That that sounds interesting. Really? So I got on there. So now I have a podcast as well. (laughs) It's it's his it's his story because for me the Bible is simply God's story being told in everyday ordinary people's lives. Lives. And so I call it his story because it's his story in my life. And I'm still going and I love and then he led me to Podmatch and I've been doing guest appearances on Podmatch and I absolutely Love it. love it and I, I let me tell you i love yeah. it when god brings me someone yeah. i listen to you know the ones that they give me and i've been on some of those but when he brings me somebody that i've never heard of didn't know <laughs> existed it's yeah. amazing to me amazing. And I'm like, Yay! yes i'm going on this one <laughs> if i got so beautiful i i i I'm so happy to to actually meet him again. Okay, finally. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's do it like this. Okay. I have some questions to ask you. Okay. All right. All right. You've told me about your salvation story. That's so beautiful. Okay. Now, so let me ask you this question. I'm so eager to find answers from you now. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so it says, what made you want to study Joseph? I guess that's Joseph in the Bible. Yeah. What made you want to study Joseph. Do you get that? Yes. Okay. I and I didn't have a great relationship. I lived with my dad and my stepmother. Okay. My stepmother and I, we did not have a, a good relationship because simply the fact she didn't want children, period. Mm. And so in my house, yeah. I was in that family, but I was never a part of that family. Hmm. they took care of me they provided for me they did the best they could you know they just didn't know how to love me so as when I became an adult and I was already a Christian and I was learning to study the Bible yeah I asked the Lord I said I don't know how to honor you with honoring my parents I don't know how to do that Hmm. and so will you teach me yeah. how I am to honor my parents. Mm. And the spirit led me to study the life of Joseph. He mm. said, don't just read it, but you study it and you meditate upon it and mm. you learn lessons from him of how to do life. And I come to learn <clears throat> in that study yeah. that Joseph is simply the Old Testament example of Christ mm. in the Bible. Hmm. And because he would, you know, people say, well, I'm not Jesus and I can't do that. What? Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. But Joseph did. Joseph did. Yeah. Joseph lived a life that really honored God. Yeah. Yeah. And he did it in simple, everyday hmm. ways. Hmm. And so that's what brought me to the study of Joseph. Wow. wow. Now I understand. Now I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Another question, okay? All right, so how do you take the Bible personally? I really want you to go deep into that. How do you take the Bible personally? You got that? How do I take the Bible? Personally, yeah. What? Make it real? Yeah, yeah. 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 
but I, I just, I was, I read the Bible all the way through three times before I ever became a Christian. I got my first Bible at the age of nine. Mm. And I, I, it, to me, it was just a book. I didn't think about it being the Bible or God's word or what it was going to do in my life. Mm. I just simply started reading it from the beginning mm. and I read it all the way to the end. But there was something about this book that I couldn't lay down and just forget about. I had to read it more. And the more I read it, yeah. the more fascinated I come by it. And so when I became a Christian and I really wanted to learn to study it, yeah. I realized God was talking to me. He was telling me yeah. how life was to be for me. And he was using all these examples from the Old Testament. And so I took those examples of life and I make them real in my life. I tell people all the time, yeah. you can take every page of the Bible, every chapter of every book, yeah. and you can make a morning devotion out of it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I actually do that on Facebook. And right now I'm studying Leviticus. Ooh. And when I when I began studying Leviticus, I went, yeah. I've read this, but I don't think I've ever really studied it. <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. every every morning I've been doing a devotion for the book of Leviticus, and it's been fascinating for me because uh, when Jesus talks about in the New Testament, he didn't yeah. come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Fulfilling, That's yeah. the law he's talking about, the Levitical law. Ooh. And I went, God, I love this. <laughs> and so I, I, he's talking to me in this yeah. and how this applies to my life Ooh. because everything in there applies to me some way, somehow. I mean, it may not be. I had a lady tell me one time that nothing in there applies to her because, you know, two, I, I know it's written 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years. Yeah. But it still applies. Nothing yeah. changes in life. Yeah. He says everything is the same. Exactly. That nothing's happened that hasn't happened before. Hmm. So I just, I really listen to the word of God. I listen for his voice when he speaks to me. Well, when I have a question yeah. for him about life, yeah. I go, I open up the Bible and I just simply start reading. I don't open up the Bible and say, oh, that's my verse. Mm. No, I start reading. And okay. somewhere in that reading, yeah. I will hear his voice in my head or the spirit will start moving in me. And that's my that is my answer to the wow. question that I had. Wow. I love it. I, mm. I I just don't know how people deal without it. I don't. Mm. Especially in, in today's time. Seriously. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so, so, so happy to hear that. Okay, another question. I think you just answered my next question. So let's, let's go to another. Yeah. So, um, okay. How do you navigate praising God even when life is hard? Like, you find yourself in a difficult situation. How do you come about praising God in that difficult situation? Life, life is so hard right now, but here is Barbara praising God, praising God, praising God, even 
in a very difficult situation. So how do you how do you do that? How do you come about? That's a very good question because life is hard. It's yeah. not easy. Mm. I I have learned yeah. through the years. Now I didn't do this when I first became a Christian. Even you know, it took years for this to seek into my head. Mm. But I've learned yeah. that I have to go to the Bible. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. Yeah. The Bible is what's going to give get me through this. Mm. And so, for Psalms is a great book yeah. to get you through trials and troubles. And I love it when David starts out, and he's telling God all these things that are wrong. But in the end of every Psalm he wrote, yeah. he gives God the credit. Yeah. For mm. taking care of him that's, through that's that. True. That's true. That's and true. so that inc- that encourages me, you know, to do now there you ha- you're gonna still have days that you say, mm. Why is this happening to me? Mm. You know, I I'm learning yeah. still right now. Okay. I, I, I try not to ask that question anymore. I try to ask him, what is it I'm supposed to do with this? Mm. How am I supposed to go? through life like this I at 70 I was diagnosed diabetic and I there was no diabetes in my family my doctor said well it has to start somewhere doesn't it and I went thanks and it had already done its damage to my physical body before I ever knew I had it I did yeah I had bleeding my eye doctor actually found it because I had bleeding behind both retinas and he asked me if I was diabetic. And I went, no. And he said, have you ever been tested? And I went, no, there's no diabetes in my family. And he said, well, you need to get to your doctor because you have bleeding behind both your retinas. The right eye is so bad, I won't even treat you because it's in the middle of your 2020. So he sent me to a retinal specialist. Okay. Then it had already caused neuropathy in my feet, which... My neuropathy is a little different. I'm always different than other people, but my neuropathy is all on the top of my foot. And it I never hear, have the tingling or the hotness. Mine feel like concrete. And so it already done its damage to me. And I went, well, God, why didn't I, why didn't you show me this, you know, long before now? And his, answer was simply that my grace was sufficient and still will be and so I lean on his grace every day when I get up out of bed and I can walk down my hallway I can because there was a period of time in there with the eyes that I had trouble seeing I now can see he's brought my eyesight back enough where I can even quilt which I love to do and you know, I thank him for his grace because, oh my gosh, I just, I couldn't deal with all of this yeah, if it wasn't grace. I, I'm going, I'm going through a session right now where I have hearing difficulties. That's the reason I use these. Okay, okay. okay. But I, I, I told my husband, I said, I yeah. made an appointment, go have a hearing test. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, they're just going to sell you, try to sell you hearing aids. I said, I don't care. I don't like not hearing. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm a people person to start yeah. out with. Yeah. And I said, I can't hear conversations. And I, I said, maybe that doesn't bother you because he's had a hearing problem for many years and simply wouldn't go because he just didn't think they worked. So I said, that's fine with you. know, If you want to live like that, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I have I have to have the ability to hear people. I want to hear people. I want to hear what people are saying to me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. to ask them two or three times is just ridiculous. So, you know, I told the Lord, I said, I praise you that you have made a way for me to hear. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm going to get hearing aids. And I just, you know, it's things like that that God does in my life that makes him so real. But he is real on every page of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all leading up to him and what he wants in life. Well, I'm zooming out again. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) No problem. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you, like what you said, Daniel, how God is so real to you. Like, it is written all over you that you love God. I can tell by the, the way you've been speaking, I can actually tell that the love for God is, is there, is there. Okay, so you said something about you, um, you got, was it married at the age of 18? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Or ran? Yes. And your husband at the age of 20? Is that right? Yes. All right. So yes. let me ask you a question. Okay. What is um God's okay? <laughs> Jeff again. <laughs> okay. Uh, never uh, had this. Oh I totally get it. Okay, so what is God's design for marriage? Because I know you've been married for quite a um, long time now, so you have experiences, experiences like that. So what is God's design? for marriage in your own understanding you get that it, yes in my understanding for marriage yeah every person when they get married they think they know this person hmm. through and through hmm. i mean you you just automatically do even though you don't really know somebody until you live with them 24 hmm. 7 365 days a year that's true that's true <laughs> And I, uh, at the age of 18, I thought I knew everything there was that I really needed to know about Mm. my husband. Mm. Well, I come to learn, I didn't know this man. Mm. When we got married, I went, this is not the man that I thought you were. Mm. Because when I became a Christian, I didn't know to pray for the man that I married. Is this the man you want for me? I didn't know. Nobody told me to do that. So I, but I do believe that the spirit gave me three qualifications for a husband. And the guys that I dated, most of them didn't meet at least one of those or, you know, but they had to meet all three of these qualifications. The first one was, I didn't want a husband that drank. Now, I don't have anybody 
anything against anybody that drinks. I, if yeah. you want to drink, that's your business. That's fine. Yeah. But I lived with an alcoholic. Mm. My dad was an alcoholic. Mm. His family alcohol was real in their family. Mm. And I saw the damage that it did to families, to marriages, to children. I do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so I didn't want a man that drank. Mm -hmm. And I found out my husband didn't drink because the guys he rode to work with would stop at a tavern at night and he would stay out in the car and sleep. And I went, okay, there's check off number one. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't want a man. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't want a man that uh, drove a truck. Okay. And and I have nothing against truck drivers. I love them yeah. because my dad always said, if the trucks are rolling on the highway, your economy will eventually come back. Hmm. And I went, but I lived with a truck driver. Okay. And I, I know he wasn't there. My parents divorced when I was 18 months old. And my dad was a truck driver. So his siblings actually raised me until he remarried when I was five and I went to live with them at the age of six. And so there, I never had that bonding between a father and a child. I was still his child, yeah. but we didn't bond together. And so I wasn't a part of his life. And I did not realize that until the day he died, when people would, so many people came to me and said, we never knew he had a daughter. I'm 49 years old, where have I been? But then it dawned on me what that was about. So I didn't want a truck driver. Well, he worked at Whirlpool in Evansville, Indiana. And so check number two. So then I, the third one was he had to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. And I asked him if he knew the Lord. He said, yes, he was saved at the age of 11 when during a Bible school session. Okay. And they went went to church every Sunday and I went, Check number three. <laughs> so this is okay. Yeah. Well, when we got married, okay. then I discovered he was an avid. And when I say avid, I mean every weekend fisher, fisherman, or yeah. hunter. He yeah. hunted every weekend. And I'm going, why don't you want to spend time with me? And he said, Well, you don't understand. That's where I get my release from life. That's where I go to, I talk to God out there. I I still don't understand it. I was 18. I had my first daughter two weeks before I turned 19. She had colic. We had no air conditioning in our house and it was hot. And I sat in my chair one day, rocking her, trying to calm her down. And I said, God, I, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be a wife to a man who seemingly loves hunting and fishing more than he loves me. I don't know how to do that. 
And it was in that moment I had my very first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, then why are you trying to change what you didn't create? Mm. And I said, because he's not being the husband he's supposed to be. Mm. He said, you didn't create him. Mm. I did. Mm. You don't have the right, the authority, or the power Mm. to change him. To change him. But, yeah. But if you will let me change you, I'll let you watch as I change him. Ooh. Yeah. In that moment, yeah. he began changing me because it was only by his power that at that moment I decided I would never complain about him hunting and fishing again. Ooh. Never. And I still to this day, I don't. Wow. But I, I knew that I had to let him know that I was okay with that. Okay. But I didn't want to hear I didn't want to hear any complaining from him about what I was doing while he was hunting and fishing because I wasn't doing anything wrong. Okay. So I told him I told him that. Yeah. And in the process of God changing me, hmm. I went I went simply went to the Bible to see what his impression of marriage was. And the first thing he gave me, of course, was Proverbs 31. Now, I'm not near that woman. I am far from her. (laughs) But there was one thing that stood out in in those verses for me, and it still does to this day, is your husband is known at the gates. Mm. I went, okay, that's very interesting. And, And I tell people, the Bible tells you, things to do, but it don't always tell you how to do them. How to do them. Mm. Yeah. And so I had to figure out how in my marriage could I make him known? Make him known better than me. So I would brag on him when we would be out in a crowd and yeah. we would be talking about stuff. I said, oh yeah, it's my husband does this. Or that. He was yeah. He's a jack of many trades and good at most all of them. <laughs> And, you know, I would say, he worked on our car today. And they say, he worked on your car. I said, oh, yeah, he works on our car all the time. And our house, it was just a wood house when we bought this house on an empty lot. He has uh, bricked the whole house. He has built a garage on the side of it, built a room on the back of it. So I, I brag on the things that he did do that were right. And I, I felt like that was making him known to people. Hey, this is a good guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, so then I, I went on, and I, and people think that when you hear the Spirit tell you that he'll watch, let you watch, he changes him. That he's got that's going to happen immediately. Well, it didn't happen immediately. It it took a period of years, and the first big change I saw in his life, we had been in revival, our church had been in revival, and he was actually teaching a, a junior boys Sunday school class. And in that revival, all of his boys were saved. That Sunday after revival, we went to church and we come home, and he always laid down and took a nap. 
and he hollered for me. And I went in there and when I went in, I could see his shirt actually jumping up and down. And I'm going, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? Are you all right? And he said, no. And I went, well, I, you want me to call the doctor? And he said, back then they didn't have paramedics to come out. And he said, no. And I went, really? He said, no, call Brother Shockley. And I went, call Brother Shockley? He said, I'm not saved. And I went, wow. And so that afternoon, he was saved in my living room floor. And that was the first big change because he he would go to church with me on Sunday morning, but he never went with me on Sunday night. And he worked night shifts, so he didn't never could go on Wednesday night. But he began going to church with me on Sunday night, and it was just a difference in him, in his attitude, and everything. And that was so amazing for me. And then through the years, when when the church asked him to be a deacon, there was another big another big change that I saw in him, that he was more interested in things going on in the church and wanted to be a part of that. So that was a big change. But the biggest change of all came when I was diagnosed diabetic because my husband, and he, it's, I had to learn that it was simply the way he grew up but he was not a, a compassionate person, but there was compassion from his dad. He, you know, his dad didn't have compassion. And so I had to accept the fact that that's the way he was. But when I became diabetic, oh my gosh, the attention he gives to me Ooh. has just absolutely blown my mind. He never had cooked a meal in our entire marriage. And because of my neuropathy, I cannot stand on my feet for very long in one spot. I sends a little message to my brain, sit down or fall down. So anything I do, I have to do sitting. And so he does most of the cooking. He does his own uh, clothes washing now. And he just, he's so attentive to me. He had a open heart surgery in uh, December of 21. And my daughter told me, said, Dad said, who's gonna take care of your mom? I have to take care of her. And she said, Dad, we'll take care of mom. She's gonna be okay. Well, he wouldn't have said that 50 years ago. And I'm going, wow, this is such a change. So it's taken a period of time and you have to be patient with the Lord and just trust what you heard is happening. And it's, there will be little changes in your life, but God wants a marriage to work, but it cannot work until both of you are on the same page with God. The same thing. Yeah. You have to be on the same page with him. Now you may not be uh, on the same page in your walk with him. Yeah. You one of I always felt like I was a little ahead of him because yeah. he he didn't have the faith always that I had, but that was okay. 
And it's okay for your husband to be him and you have to allow him that privilege because you didn't create him and you can't change yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to be you who God wants you to be. I simply took the Bible and said, God, show me how to be the bride of Christ. Because as a church, I am the bride. Yeah. So yeah. you te- you teach me how to do that, and I can be the wife yeah. that I need to be to my husband. Hmm. And so that's what I tell people you have to do with with life. Hmm. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. You see, um, you're such a, I don't know how to put it, man. You're so much wise. Because, well, your, your usage of God's word, the way you use God's word in every situation and how you use it, oh God, you're so much wise. And you know the beautiful thing now, the beautiful thing is, anyone who is maybe having difficulties in their marriage, after listening to this podcast, I tell you, they would start to experience change because you explained it so well and it's so easy to understand. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, hey, that, that's the Holy Spirit in me. Yeah. When I do a podcast yeah. the night before, yeah. I always pray. Yeah. You be the speaker. Just let me be the voice. And you see let that. me speak what you want spoken. And that's yeah. the way I live my life. Ooh. That's so good. <laughs> if not for time, I would have said we continue and continue and go all along. Well, because of time. So maybe we just do it like this. We just try to reschedule another time where we can come again and talk more. Oh. All right? Are you fine with that? Okay. Okay. That would be fine. Yeah. So thank you so very much, Barbara. I'm so, so happy to have you on. All right. So lastly, do you have any advice to tell? You've said it all and it is well explained. All right. So do you have any advice to give a wife who her husband is of a character that she does not like and she does not want to consider divorce? Which advice do you hear? Do you think you can give such person to just round up this? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I understand there are marriages that people simply feel like they can't stay in. Yeah. Uh, I have a daughter that's divorced. I have two grandsons that have been divorced, and I don't condemn them for that. Don't ever condemn anybody for getting out of a marriage. But God wants your marriage to work, yeah. and you. When I have problems with my husband, I don't go onto Facebook and broadcast it, or I don't talk to people about my problems. But at night, when I go to bed, I tell the Lord, this is happening today. Now, what am I supposed to do about this? How can I handle this in my marriage? And I complain to him. He's big enough. He can handle it. Good. And he can give me wisdom to know what to do with it all. Exactly. So I just, you know, I take all my problems to the Lord. I had someone tell me one time, you don't have any problems. I went, are you kidding me? Come to my house and I'll show you every problem in the world. And I guarantee you it's every problem in the world. But I said, the thing is, I don't talk about my problems. I'll 
overcome my problems because Jesus has overcome the world. Yeah. And he's already overcome my problem. So I go to him and I tell him, I just like David, if, you know, he says, kill them all. I, I said, just do away with all of them. But <laughs> I always talk to God about my problems. Always. And I ask for his advice. Advice. Okay. That's so good. So thank you very much, Barbara. In fact, I learned a series of things from our conversation I tell you. And I'm so sure that the audience also will pick learning from all of this we've been talking about. That's so good. Thank you for your time, Barbara. I so much appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And I pray for you that the Holy Spirit will heal you completely in the name of Jesus. To touch you, touch your health in Jesus' Christ's name. Amen. So thank you so very thank much. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. Uh, you're very welcome. Yeah. So uh, that will be the end of our conversation for today. Don't worry. I'll message you so we can fix some other time. Okay. Is that fine? Okay. All right. Thank you so much. I can do that. Barbara. Thank you. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>